So as many of you know, every year I write a State of the Union. Uh, I don't write it in a way that I think this is what a president of either political party could say or should say or would say. It's just what I would say if I happen to have that crazy opportunity to address the nation, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. Uh, but I want to, to share with you my view of the State of the Union Uh, And again, I'm not suggesting that President Trump would or could deliver this. It's the State of the Union, uh, just from the perspective of, of one guy with an opinion. Therefore What is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What? We're gathered in the People's House in our nation's capital to have a conversation about the State of the Union. From this house to your house, wherever that house may be in this great nation, I remind you all that I'm here to talk about the State of the Union, not the State of the Government. I'd like to have a different kind of conversation with you tonight. I don't have a single applause line in this speech. I'm going to ask you to listen, not to my voice or to my views, but to the echoes of the principles from America's triumphant past and the whispers that carry the secrets to our country's still inspiring future. Adelaide Stevenson said, Let's talk sense to the American people. Let's tell them the truth, that there are no gains without pains, that we are now on the eve of great decisions, not easy decisions. What counts now is not just what we are against, but what we are for. Who leads us is less important than what leads us. What convictions, what courage, what faith. The State of the Union has little to do with politics or politicians. It has everything to do with the convictions, courage, and faith that founded the nation and continue to fan the flame of freedom in our hearts and homes and in our communities. To frame our conversation tonight, I turn to the great American statesman Daniel Webster, whose commitment to American principles was known across the country and around the world, and whose oratory elevated rigorous debate, and whose voice still echoes in the House chamber as well as in the well of the United States Senate. In Stephen Vincent Benet's classic tale regarding Daniel Webster, he whimsically describes what you are likely to hear and a question you will be asked if you ever visit the grave of Daniel Webster. He wrote, Every time there's a thunderstorm around Marshfield, they say you can hear his rolling voice in the hollows of the sky. And they say if you go to his grave and speak loud and clear, The ground will begin to shiver and the trees begin to shake. And after a while, you'll hear his deep voice saying, Neighbor, how stands the union? Then you better answer, the union stands as she stood, rock-bottomed, copper-sheathed, one and indivisible. Or he's liable to rear right out of the ground. So my question to all who can hear my voice tonight is, how do we ensure that the state of our union is rock-bottomed? copper sheathed, one and indivisible. The foundation must remain rock-bottom and bedrock-based in American confidence, not narcissistic arrogance. We are not a nation destined to decline, nor one that will slink off and cower in our little corner of the world. A biblical verse offers sound advice for each of us as we lean into the stiff wind of the prevailing economic, social, and political challenges of today. It simply says, cast not away your confidence. Every American should live with confidence. Pundits of doom and gloom and political prognosticators would have us believe that all is lost in America, 
that the system is rigged, that American leadership in the world is irrelevant, that people are powerless, that the country is hopelessly divided, and that the solution to any problem must emanate from Washington, D.C. Listening to the incessant barrage of negativity could leave even the most optimistic among us to wonder if it's really worth getting out of bed in the morning. There are far too many citizens in this great country of ours who have lost confidence in themselves, lost confidence in the inherent goodness of the people and communities around them, have lost confidence in our free market system, and have lost confidence in the power of the American dream. We cannot and must not cast away our confidence. The vast majority of Americans don't have confidence that Congress and government will do the right thing. To restore confidence in government, I am calling on both houses of Congress and members across the political spectrum to live up to the principles they profess to believe. Coalitions are ready to be formed. Compromise has a seat at the table. It only takes a little courage to actually show up. Your duties are simple, as outlined in the Constitution, and it's time. Time to end politics as usual in America. The copper sheath protection that Webster referred to serves as the protector to the foundation of the country. Congress must pass a budget and the corresponding appropriations bills as the Constitution requires, on time, under budget. And this they must do every single year. It is time to end the threat of government shutdowns as a blunt force instrument of uncertainty for political purposes. The uncertainty for the American people, economic markets, businesses, and our allies around the world is no longer acceptable. In fact, it never should have been acceptable. To ensure this happens and that confidence is restored in Congress, I'm calling on the Vice President to take his place as the presiding officer in the United States Senate. The Constitution declares that the Vice President isn't merely responsible for breaking tie votes in the Senate. The Vice President is to be the President of the Senate. I'm calling on the Vice President to open up the floor of the Senate for continuous debate, for the introduction of amendments from all senators from both parties, and votes, regular, meaningful votes, in front of the American people. What was once hailed as the world's greatest deliberative body must reclaim that title. There's only one way the Senate can do this, and it must do this by demonstrating its commitment to action driven by decency, respect, and civility on behalf of the citizens that each senator represents. Finally, we must remain as a people, one and indivisible. Sadly, our lack of confidence in government and elected leaders is beginning to fray the fabric of society to the point we no longer trust members of our own communities and neighborhoods. Those in the pursuit of political power or media prominence or campaign cash would have us believe that we are inextricably divided and that thus no one should ever trust anyone. This is the greatest lie and deepest deception of our day. Do we have differences? Of course we do. But there isn't an issue before us upon which the American people and elected officials who represent them cannot come together and solve the problem. It's what America always does. We must reject the fake fights and false choices breathlessly served up to us on the Internet by some in the media or by members of Congress. I call on the people of this nation to turn away from the purveyors of such information and the political purity tests that they perpetuate. Political purity at both ends of the spectrum is great for those who are in power, but it prevents America's inherent problem-solving spirit, unity, compromise, and coalitions from forming and actually flourishing. 
I believe the answers to poverty, health care, immigration, upward mobility, criminal justice, border security, mental health, Second Amendment rights, religious liberty, minority rights, education, and a host of other issues, foreign and domestic, are well within the grasp of the united people of this united nation. As I close this State of the Union, I ask for a moment of silent reflection that perhaps, perhaps, we might hear the echo of the voice of Daniel Webster as he asks each of us as Americans, Neighbor, how stands the Union? My hope is that tonight and every night we will resolutely whisper in response that the Union stands as she stood, rock-bottomed and copper-sheathed, one and indivisible. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and debate have been had, the question for all of us is, therefore what? Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening today. And be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on DeseretNews.com slash TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for engaging with us on Therefore What?